today is a huge day as tens of thousands of people come together to launch a 15-month campaign to flip the Senate. And we must organize like our lives depend on it. And today I'm going to unpack and explain what that's going to mean. I'm going to introduce you to seven courageous candidates who are stepping up to flip the Senate all over the country. And then I'll give you action steps on what to do next. And today I'm going to close us out with some really good news on a brand new action step victory that thousands of you made happen. I'm so grateful for your hard work. I love you. We're not just here to change the news. We're here to change the world. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Defeating Donald Trump is a huge deal in 2020. I get that. And already, millions of donors have given over half a billion dollars to all the different Democratic candidates running for president. And when it's all said and done, this will far and away be the most expensive presidential race in the history of the world. Billions of dollars are going to be raised and spent. And don't get me wrong. I think Donald Trump is a genuinely evil person. And I don't say that lightly. I think he's a racist, a sexist, a self-absorbed, dishonest bigot. And the man has told over 12,000 lies. Like, the number just keeps growing by thousands, not by single digits or dozens. The man has told over 12,000 lies since he was elected to office just three years ago, less than three years ago. And that's more lies than any politician has ever told in their entire lives. And the man is motivating and inspiring white supremacists all over the world. Bigots and neo-Nazis all over Europe are wearing his MAGA hats. And people are getting killed because of Trump's bigotry. Today, as you may know, is the two-year anniversary of the day white supremacists descended upon Charlottesville, Virginia, where they murdered and maimed residents there, including Heather Hare, who was a longtime volunteer for me and actually completed so many of our action steps across the years long before we ever launched this podcast. Three white supremacists that I helped track down for brutally beating a teenage boy named DeAndre Harris are in prison right now. Men who descended upon Charlottesville are in prison because of action steps we took long before we started the podcast. We were doing these types of action steps. And we're still looking, which blows my mind, Two years later, we're still looking for two more men who assaulted DeAndre Harris. And here's what I know. If the Trump administration wasn't headed up by a white supremacist, Trump himself, I'm sure the federal government could have already found those two men and brought them to justice. But they're still on the loose. So, yeah, defeating Donald Trump is essential. But let me tell you why flipping the Senate is also a national emergency. The break, the break, the break, the break, the break, the break down. Consider the following two scenarios. Here's scenario number one. Let's say 
a Democrat wins the presidency. And pick your favorite Democrat, all right? Say a Democrat wins the presidency. But Democrats still lose the Senate. Here's what I know, and we're not guessing here. We've already seen this. If a Democrat wins the presidency, but Democrats still lose the Senate, nothing will get done, nothing at all. If Republicans control the Senate beyond 2020, as they did for all but two short years of the Obama presidency, they will block every meaningful policy and reform that comes up. They even stole a Supreme Court nomination from Obama. So, I mean, we already we've seen already they'll stop at nothing and we can't allow that to happen again. We know how that story goes. But here's an even more concerning scenario. And listen, I'm an optimist. I believe we can beat Trump, but I also see a clear path to victory for Trump. Just simply assuming that he can't win is how he won the first time. Virtually everybody assumed he couldn't win, and the man won 31 states. He can win, and that's a real scenario. That's scenario number two. A Democrat loses to Trump, and Republicans keep control of the Senate. Listen to me. That is fully possible. And if it happens, Trump would not only be likely to get multiple more Supreme Court picks, he could continue to stock courts all over the country with hundreds of ultra-conservative judges that each have lifetime appointments, and the consequences will last for generations. Not only that, but if Trump wins and conservatives maintain control of the Senate, impeachment will be impossible and no meaningful legislation, be it on immigration reform or health care or trade or an increase in minimum wage or anything stopping the wars around the world, none of that's going to happen. And so we must organize ourselves out of where we are right now. And I have to be frank, and it frustrates many Democrats when I say this, but in 2018, there was an opportunity to take back the Senate. There was a blue wave that swept Democrats into the House, but the Democratic Party actually lost seats in the Senate. They lost them. So when I have people tell me, hey, don't worry, we got all of this under control, I don't accept that. Not at all. We've seen what happens when we just assume that party bosses have it all together. To make sure that we flip the Senate, we must take matters into our own hands. And that's why HowWeFlipTheSenate.com was launched today, to show us exactly how we flip the Senate, to show us who to support, and to teach us how to support them. And to start, here's the thing, we can't start in... August or September or or October of 2020, we have to start now, 15 months ahead of the elections, because this is something that we can't wait to the last minute to do. It's going to require all of us to organize and fight and donate and campaign and volunteer like our lives depend on it. And here's what I know. We can out-organize our opponents. Let me teach you something real quick. It's not enough to be on the side of good. I wish it was. It's not enough to have integrity. 
And hear me, hear me clearly. Be good. Be a good person. Have integrity. But I need you to understand that you can be good and lose. You can have integrity and lose. And what I'm advocating for is that we be good, that we do good and have integrity and win by out-organizing those who mean us harm. So for a moment, I want to break it down and tell you about seven courageous men and women who are running for Senate that are being supported by the Flip the Senate team. Let's go. Break it down. Let me introduce you to seven courageous men and women who are running for the United States Senate. And these are the first seven candidates on the Senate slate for Flip the Senate. And here's the thing. Above all else, these courageous candidates are men and women of impeccable integrity who have a fierce love for their home states and are going to strive to represent all people in their home states, which is something that every senator should do. But we know that that's not the case. These men and women understand the true threats to our democracy, our safety and our prosperity, and they each have bold ideas to push our country to live up to its full potential. They also understand the urgency of this moment and are going to fight to win their election like all of our lives depend on it. Now it's our turn, listen, to support them. They can't win by themselves. So let me introduce you to all seven of them. First up is my friend Andrew Romanoff from Colorado. Andrew is an amazing guy. I got a chance to speak to him this weekend. And here's the thing. He actually won four terms in the Colorado House of Representatives, including two terms when Andrew was the Speaker of the House there in Colorado. And while he was Speaker of the House, he led the Democrats to their first majority in the legislature in 30 years. And he earned widespread recognition from more than 50 state and national organizations for being one of the most effective legislative leaders in all of the country. Andrew's going to bring an extraordinary record of leadership to the Senate. As president and CEO of Mental Health Colorado, Andrew led the fight for the prevention and treatment of mental health and substance abuse disorders, including path-breaking, great, amazing programs for children and families all over Colorado that gave them $68 million per year in life-saving services. Listen, I believe in Andrew and I believe this is a seat that we can win. I'm so excited to introduce many of you, and some of you may already know her, but introduce many of you to my friend and one of the most brilliant organizers in the entire country, Christina Senzun Ramirez of Texas, who just announced today that she's running for the United States Senate in Texas. Christina is a nationally recognized, award-winning advocate for working people all over Texas. As the co-founder and longtime executive director of the Workers' Defense Project, she helped pass half a dozen local and state laws to protect the rights of hundreds of thousands of workers, guaranteeing them higher wages and safer working conditions. And I'm so glad that she did this because in the wake of 2016, Christina started the organization JOLT with the goal of growing the Latino electorate in Texas and there, Christina led campaigns to protect immigrant families' rights, to make college more affordable for Texas students, and to register and mobilize thousands of young Latinos in the 2018 election, which helped the state. Now it's her turn to run for office 
and I believe in Christina Sinzung Ramirez. She is an amazing woman running for the Senate in Texas. Let me tell you about the next candidate. My friend and brother Jamie Harrison is running against Lindsey Graham to become the next United States senator in South Carolina. Jamie has an amazing story. He was raised by his grandparents and his young mother in Orangeburg, South Carolina. He has had a lifetime of firsts as he gained extensive experience working as a high school teacher, as a business leader, and as an executive inside of the government. A first-generation college graduate with degrees from Yale University and Georgetown University Law Center, Jamie was actually the youngest person and first African-American ever to serve as executive director of the United States House Democratic Caucus and floor director for the House Democrats' whip operation. All of that means that he knows his way around Congress. Later, Jamie was elected the South Carolina Democratic chair, and he was the party's first African-American chair. He's an amazing leader. He's worked in the business field, in the education space, and inside of our government and he's already fighting hard to defeat Lindsey Graham. And I believe Jamie can win. We need to give our support to Jamie Harrison of South Carolina. Let me tell you about the next candidate. I'm excited to tell you all about a man whose name is James Mackler, who's running for the United States Senate of Tennessee. And he's already trying to demonstrate for Democrats that, listen, when you run for the Senate here, you don't have to be afraid to criticize Donald Trump. There are some legitimate reasons to criticize the man And James is really the right person to do it. He has impeccable integrity. He's a great attorney there in Tennessee. But, you know, after the attacks of 9-11, James, who was already an attorney, bravely put aside his legal career to serve for three years as a Black Hawk helicopter pilot with the 101st Airborne Division. And after his service in Iraq, James transferred to what we know as JAG, but it's the Judge Advocate General Corps, the JAG Corps, where he served as an accomplished military prosecutor, focusing mainly on sexual assault and harassment cases. And even though James left active duty service in 2011, he continues to serve the Tennessee Air National Guard. He has a thriving law career and lives in Nashville alongside his wife and their two young children. He is a great candidate. Uh, for the United States Senate there in Tennessee. I can't wait to tell you about our next candidate in New Mexico, who I am sure can win that seat. Let's go. The Secretary of State in New Mexico is Maggie T. Oliver, and I got a chance to communicate with Maggie over the weekend. Maggie currently serves as the Secretary of State of New Mexico, but what I love about her work there as Secretary of State is that she is a fierce advocate for voting rights, for fair elections, and for holding special interest groups accountable. She has advocated for same-day and automatic voter registration, and she did so until they became law in New Mexico, which is something we really need all over the country. Automatic voter registration, same-day voter registration. She fought for those things until they became law. And before she was elected to statewide office, she was the widely respected county clerk in Albuquerque, And now she is seeking to become the first woman ever to be elected to the United States Senate from New Mexico. And once elected, she's already made it clear that she's going to fight for Medicare for all, a Green New Deal, women's rights, equal pay for equal work, and so much more. She's already holding a statewide position, and we believe 
that Maggie T. Oliver can win this election in New Mexico and become the first woman ever elected to the United States Senate from that state. Let me tell you about somebody in one of my home states of Georgia up next. As you no doubt have seen, Democrats are right on the cusp of being able to win statewide elections in Georgia. And this is so important because my friend, Mayor Ted Terry, who is serving uh, in his second term as mayor of the most ethnically diverse square mile in America, which is Clarkston, Georgia, has stepped up to run for the United States Senate. Now, Ted is the youngest mayor in Clarkston's 135-year history, and I actually used to work in Clarkston for a brilliant charity there that served immigrants and refugees, and uh, Ted was actually the mayor there when I was working in Clarkston. With more than 17 years of experience in public service, Ted is leading Clarkston's vision to become a more welcoming and compassionate community. As mayor, Ted has successfully overseen the implementation of a bold, progressive agenda, including a $15 minimum wage, the decriminalization of marijuana, an expansion of after-school programs, and making Election Day a local holiday there in Clarkston. I really do believe that Ted Terry can win a statewide election to become the next United States senator from Georgia, and many people know him. Now, I knew Ted before this happened, but many people know him because he was on an episode of uh, of Queer Eye, which my family loves. And, uh, you know, he got a whole makeover from the guys on the show. Uh, but he's a great person with a huge heart. He's the mayor of Clarkson, Georgia, and he's running to become the next United States senator from Georgia. And he can win. Let me tell you about our final candidate, who I think has just an amazing story. He's from Montana. I am such a huge fan of Wilmot Collins. And Wilmot has one of the most amazing, inspiring stories in the entire world. Now, when he first escaped a civil war in Liberia, he was starving to death and literally weighed just 90 pounds. And he arrived in Helena, Montana as a refugee in 1994. That was 25 years ago. And today he is the mayor of that town where he beat out a four-term incumbent to become the first African-American to be elected mayor of any city in all of Montana since it became a state all the way back in 1889. And before Wilmot was elected, he was a child protection specialist for the Montana Department of Health and Human Services, and he's been a member of the United States Navy Reserve for 22 years. He's a great man. He's a great mayor in Helena, Montana. And I truly believe, because I know how hard he's going to work, I know he's going to knock on every single door in Montana. I believe Wilmot Collins can shock the world and win that Senate seat in Montana. Let's go. So listen, these men and women have stepped up. They are running for the United States Senate, but they can't win on their own. We have to support them to victory. So if you have not already signed up at HowWeFlipTheSenate.com, please do so now because our plan is to volunteer like we've never volunteered before, to organize like we've never organized before, and to give like we've never given before, and to lay it all on the line so that we can flip the Senate in 2020. And here is our action step for today. It's a simple one, but I promise you it's going to be powerful. Let's go. 
steps, take action, 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 steps. Now the first part of this is super easy. This isn't the whole action step, but the first thing that we need you to do is please follow at Flip the Senate on Twitter, at Flip the Senate on Twitter, follow at Flip the Senate on Facebook, or if you're on the web, go to facebook.com backslash Flip the Senate, and then follow on Instagram at How We Flip the Senate. Again, on Instagram, it's at How We Flip the Senate. Now that's easy, but I need you to go to those pages because there we're going to show you who to follow and how to follow all seven of these candidates on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, I know that's a simple thing, but it's powerful because we need to grow their bases of support. We need to amplify their message, and we need to start that process now. Now, many of these candidates just have a few thousand followers on social media, but with you on board, we can double and triple their base of support and begin giving them some real momentum, all right? Which leads me to some really good news for an Action Steps victory that thousands of you made happen. But before I share that, again, follow at Flip the Senate on Twitter, at Flip the Senate on Facebook, and follow at How We Flip the Senate on Instagram, because there we're going to show you how to follow the seven candidates. Following the seven candidates across social media is our action step for the day. We need to double and triple their base of support online, all right? Now let me tell you about some really good news that all of you made happen. Action steps. Back on episode 69, we called on all of you to call and email District Attorney Kim Worthy of Wayne County, Michigan, and demand that she not only pledge to permanently drop the charges against the 10-year-old boy that she charged with a felony, for a game of dodgeball, but to apologize for the mistake and pledge that she'd begin changing the policies of charging these little kids with crimes for these types of school incidents. Because here's the thing, even after she dropped the charges against this 10-year-old boy, which she only did because of the public pressure, she made a public comment suggesting that she reserved the right to reopen charges later. But I want you to read the letter that she sent to the family and their attorney, Maurice Davis. And she sent this letter directly because of your phone calls and because of your email. It has some personal things in the letter. And then it says this. I'll read the quote to you and we'll close for today. The letter says this. The charge in this case was a mistake in judgment by this office. Even though it was rectified by permanently dismissing the case, Prior to the first scheduled court proceeding, she said, to be clear, my office will not be refiling this petition, nor was it ever the intent of our office to do so. She says, I have taken this extremely seriously, and I have concrete steps that have already been made to make sure that this case is not refiled. Then she says, and this is what we asked her to do, I am currently reviewing the policies and procedures of our juvenile division and reinforcing internal measures to prevent a similar matter from occurring in the future. Sincerely, Kim Worthy. Now listen, the letter's not perfect, but it's good. It is pretty much what we asked her to do, to recognize that they made a mistake, to apologize to the family, to drop the charges permanently and to make it clear it was permanent, and to go back to the drawing board to find out how they can stop this from ever happening again. I want to congratulate you all. 
because thousands of you made phone calls and emails and you helped make that happen. And that's what happens when we work together, when we organize smartly and deeply, we get stuff done. I appreciate you. Take care, everybody. The break, 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 the